My name is Ryan Luke Winslade, and I am a PK and middle child. I know what it's like to be a misfit, an oddball, a weirdo, but I'm okay with that. If you're like me, you are most certainly welcome. Even if you're not, you'll hopefully enjoy yourself here on Pastor's Middle Kid anyway. We'll talk about stuff and look at things a little differently. Alright, let's get started. Welcome one and all to yet another episode of Pastor's Middle Kid, episode 44. I wonder if you have been one of probably two, maybe three listeners that have listened to all 44 episodes. If you haven't, don't worry, you're not really missing out on much. It took me a while to find my feet and I still feel like I'm finding my feet, so... Yeah, if you listen back to any of the early episodes, have a bit of grace. Yes, that's all I have to say. Anyway, this week on the show, I have my friend Nicole Kerr from Canberra, who is going to be talking to me about being single for almost 10 years. Now, that might sound a little bit lonely, but you're going to have to stay tuned to hear what Nicole has to say about it because she carries a lot of wisdom from these last 10 years. And I think you should hear it. Anyway, I have had a great week um, doing a little bit of video production. I had my first ever photography shoot, and that was as the photographer at Youth Street's Hour of Honor on Saturday night. And that is where all of our young people, the youth, uh, get to share in front of everybody about why they love a special person in their life, like a parent or a guardian who takes care of them, washes out for them uh, and takes them places. <laughs> Basically a free taxi service. At least that's what one of the one of the youth said. But it was lots of fun and I took 500 photos and ended up liking 10 of them. But apparently that's the life of a photographer. Or so I'm told. Or so I've experienced this week. Found that I really like editing photos. It makes my inner artist quite happy. All right, well, let's move on to what I'm sure you've all been dying to hear on this week's segment of Walking with Frodo. Smoke rises from the mountain of doom. Mr. Frodo! Walking with Frodo. I wish the ring had never come to me. All right, well, I'm still in the Fellowship of the Ring. However, I've made it into book two. Yes, I'm finally in the House of Elrond. So I'm in the chapter Many Meetings, page 219, if you're following along at home. (laughs) And uh, Frodo has just woken up and been told of what has been going on by Gandalf. He has yet to meet Elrond at the exact section that I'm up to. But he's about to, and I'm so glad I finally made it to Rivendell. If you've read these books before, you know how much of a slog that is. And if you've only seen the movies, then I'm sure you also have an understanding of how 
long it takes them to get to Rivendell before they meet any of the other fellowship. They've just got Aragorn at this stage and the four hobbits, but they've encountered Tom Bombadil, Barrow Whites, a whole bunch of black riders, and they're about to have the famous forming of the fellowship. Say that five times fast. Yep, so I haven't really read too much, but I'm slowly getting along, aiming to have this done by the 1st of October. At least that's my goal. You guys can keep me accountable to that. All right, and in music news, I have been absolutely pounding away at Reliant K's new album. Yes, that's right, folks. Reliant K is still a band and they are still making music. If you remember this song. The Sadie Hawkins dance and my khaki pants. There's nothing better. Oh, oh, oh. Or this song. Then that means you have heard Reliant K and you were probably raised in youth group. But if you liked those songs and then kind of lost Reliant K after 2008, which is what a lot of people did, they have been steadily releasing albums since then and they have just released their eighth studio record. It is called Air For Free and it has to be one of my personal favorites. Sound-wise, I would put it between Five Score and Seven Years Ago, which is very much a piano rock album, and Collapsible Lung, which was their latest, latest record before this one. I feel like in Collapsible Lung, it had a more serious feel to it with an overall redemptive nature, using that last title track as everything coming back around full circle but with this latest album they're really going back to their quirky roots and making loyal fans like me very happy to be still listening to reliant k after oh for me it's almost been 10 years now but i'm sure you've probably been listening to them for longer all right this song is called elephant parade and this is one of said quirky songs and the song that i'll finish this with is my personal favorite so far from the album, which is called Local Construction. A very cool concept. All right, here's Elephant Parade by Reliant K, and then on to the interview with Nicole Kerr. Here we go. Jack Rabbit, snake bear, Thank you for joining me on Pastors Middle Kid today. Um, I wanted to have you on because of a certain vow that you took a certain number of years ago that ended up extending a little bit longer than you expected. I want to talk to you about singleness. But before we do that, why don't you give the listeners a brief understanding of how you ended up at YWM Newcastle? A large number of years ago, I met... A gentleman named Jeremy Barry Randall. Come on, world! Get married and stay married! (laughs) Um, We became friends and I followed his journey uh, Mm -hmm. as he joined missions and had God transform his world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, when I hit a crisis in my own life, a good deal five years ago now, um, God started to speak to me again about missions. And by this point, I had about 10 friends who'd been through YWAM. All from Canberra? Yeah, all from Canberra. Come on. 
and I guess the long and the short of it is I decided to do a DTS, but I didn't want to do it in Australia. Mm-hmm. Did it in Europe, and through a strange series of circumstances, God called me back to the place where Jeremy did his DTS and staffed. Um, that place that you didn't necessarily want to be. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> right. And what do you do at the moment, Wyoming Newcastle? I am what some people call the food services manager, but I'm just the woman that does the cooking. Um, mm-hmm. And I know it's not a just, but mm-hmm. I'm the woman that does the cooking and makes the food happen. So you're the person that facilitates the functioning of this missions community. I give people their energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I make sure I make sure they're um, not going crazy with hangry pains and all mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, sweet. Well, uh, I remember meeting you in 2014 in April. You came to Mission Build and help out around the base for two months. Uh, a little over. A little over two months, and that was as you're waiting for your visa for the Czech Republic to be granted. Um, we were leaving the kitchen together. You eventually, after doing a leadership training school in Townsville, came to Newcastle to make some waves in the kitchen. Heck yeah. (laughs) And transform the way that we, as a community, and even YWAM Australia in general, views kitchen prep and the way that the food is handled and everything. Uh, Yeah, I really admire that and I think that you already do a really good job so you did staff training in February and from then that's when you were unleashed on the kitchen in full force great so now the listeners have a bit of an understanding of who you are and how you came here but I've got you on to talk about singleness so would you mind sharing a bit of an overview of uh, maybe the the original reason that you uh, committed yourself to singleness before God? Mm. When I was 18, there was a fellow that was interested in me and I was interested in him. And for about a month, we were in not a clearly defined, um, Mm -hmm. but a very deeply emotionally attached Mm -hmm. relationship uh, and I clearly remember one night, late at night, watching a movie uh, with a group of friends and he leant over and whispered in my ear, I think I could marry you. And I oh, remember, wow. like even now, vividly, the feeling as my heart leapt and I was in that moment willing to be his wife, mm. willing to do life with him because of the whole romantic idea mm-hmm. uh, of this comment that he had whispered tenderly in my ear yeah Uh, four days later Mm -hmm. he dumped me wow for someone who would have sex with him wow and uh as i gathered the pieces of my heart i leant into god and i i i wept and i asked the lord why it had to be so painful um And somewhere in there I came to the revelation that I'd been putting too much of myself into an earthly romance Mm. and not enough into a romance with my maker. Mm. Um, And so out of that was birthed my first 
commitment of singleness, um, which was a year-long commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly, here I am, nine and a half years later, and I am still single. Yeah. And I am still leaning into this romance with my heavenly father and mm. learning far more from it than I ever anticipated was mm-hmm. possible. Okay, so from what I've gathered from talking to you at, at other times, there were periods of time where you were not under any vow of singleness or commitment of singleness before God, um, but you just weren't dating anybody. And then it'd be a period of time, and then you'd make another commitment and and so on to, to the point where it is today. Um, and I, from what I understand, you're not in a current commitment of singleness from when we last talked, no. <laughs> from a discussion with the Lord last week, yes. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Um, has it been easy? Definitely not. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, the willingness of my spirit to engage in extended periods of singleness uh, for the sake of knowing my my maker better, for for knowing this romance mm. with the Lord, the the willingness there has been um, as strong as it could possibly be, um, mm. because I mean, as the the word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah, you get a taste of something good. You don't want to stop, mm-hmm. and I think that's been a, a massive part of the last nine and a half years. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I have desires and I have emotions. For sure, yeah. And, you know, I've seen many wonderful godly men um, mm. come alongside and, and, and walk in as dear friends to me. And it has been challenging at times to, yeah. to stay in a place of friendship, to keep my heart in a place of friendship with some yeah. of them. Yeah. I understand that. And was that during commitments of singleness or were some of them not? Some of them not. Uh, mm-hmm. There is one. Um, so my initial one-year commitment um, pretty swiftly became a three-year commitment when I realised that one year wasn't going to get me enough of a taste of the Lord. Yeah. Um, and towards the end of the three-year commitment, uh, so coming up on my 21st birthday, there was one guy that uh, seemed to be everything that I wanted uh, for a future husband. Mm -hmm. Um, And his behaviour suggested the same. And so the more that he flirted with me, the more I grew attached to him. Uh, My church believed that he was interested in me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was still committed to my three years, but began to dream of what would happen after that commitment ended. Mm -hmm. From what I've observed with, um, particularly within YWAM, I think a lot of, a lot of girls come on, on DTS and it's guys too, but for the most part, I like to joke that it's the obligatory vow of singleness before God that girls make, um, on DTS. Obviously it's not just them, but a lot of the time during Lordship week, and, and other uh, moments of vulnerability and humility before God. A lot of people are challenged with the 
I guess, the fantasy of romance, the fantasy of having a family. And this was something that that I too have have been through, and it isn't to the same degree as you for the same length of time, but I just feel like there's almost this romanticized idea of marriage, this mm. romanticized idea of what it means to have a family, to be in a covenant relationship with someone that is not necessarily enforced but implied mm. within Christendom. Um, growing up as somebody part of a part of a church, part of a Christian home, there's almost this, uh, and for for guys maybe it's this uh, this desire to have sex, and we're just we're holding out, we're holding out until finally we're married, and then then we can go for it. Mm. Um, obviously, it's not just one sided, uh, but maybe that's part of it, but. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this implied pressure mm. that Christians feel? It's something that I've thought a lot about, um, particularly in in recent months. Um, the you know people who offer to pray for you for your future spouse. The yeah. um, you know the when I get married mm-hmm. um, way that we we use our words. Yeah. You know. Um, for a long time, I was loath to label it this way, but in in recent months, I've started to wonder: Has the modern church got a, another idol mm. in it? Um, and I, I was discussing this with a friend just last week, and, and going, you know, it's not an idol that we're aware of. Mm. Um, it's not an idol that we're uh, willingly worshiping. Yeah. But I think it's something that somewhere in in previous generations of the church, mm-hmm. someone instituted that as an idol, and said, "This is what we want the church to be built upon," mm-hmm. and and you see the repercussions of that in in our parents' generation and our own generation. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something I think that the Lord has been shaking. I'm seeing it. Mm-hmm. In, in churches around the world. I'm seeing it in, in uh, discussion online and in, in, in books I'm reading. There's, there's this, this stirring, I think, that the Lord's doing and saying, mm. this is not an idol. Uh, and just tonight I was reading and I read a line uh, and it just uh, resonated so well within my spirit. Mm. Um, we have to get back to acknowledging that the reality of uh, relationship is that its primary purpose is not about us. Yeah. The primary purpose of relationship is about Christ, mm-hmm. about pointing to Christ and about yeah. being with Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can say that, but I think probably almost every one of us carries an aspect of, of that idolatry mm. of marriage within us Mm -hmm. yeah i can see that do you think that there is obviously there's some kind of uh within the church at the same time as there being the opposite happening in society at large Mm -hmm. um there's a there's a push to get married because maybe maybe it's because christians feel like marriage is falling apart Mm -hmm. marriage is no longer popular People don't see it as necessary. Mm. So 
within the church you get married young and you stay married by fighting tooth and nail um, to get by and there's almost a a pity that is uh, that is thrown the way of older single people mm. there were a couple of lecturers that spoke on my school of communication digital influence um, who were older ladies they were in their their 50s and they were single they've always been single and to see the way that God was able to use them to the extent that he has and one of them was the press secretary for uh, George Bush Sr.'s wife during her t- during George Bush's time in the White House for crying out loud and she was in charge of a whole bunch of stuff at Disney and the NBA and she wouldn't have been able to have such a critical influence on all these places that she was if she had the uh, the family ties that a lot of people do and yeah. I'm not trying to celebrate one way or the other but I yeah. think according to the Apostle Paul there are merits to both yeah. I mean Jesus wasn't married Jesus was 33 when he died and he was never married yeah. so I don't know I I love that God calls some people to to being single either for a time or for their life yeah. and I feel like we should celebrate that a little bit more. Yeah, I definitely agree. Hmm. I love marriage. Hmm. I love relationship and engagement and and Hmm. children and birth. But the joys that I personally have gotten out of being single and Hmm. the opportunities, as you say, Hmm. that I have had. Like, I I keep going back to that guy at 21. Hmm. If he had been interested in return and we had gotten married, I would have had children by now yeah without a doubt mm-hmm. i would be a mother i would not have done a dts mm-hmm. i would not have served the lord for 18 months in europe mm-hmm. i wouldn't i wouldn't be here uh, partaking in one of the greatest opportunities of my life uh, at while newcastle and, yeah. and carrying a kitchen ministry and, and yeah. discipling young people and being a part of sending them out into the nation mm-hmm. so it wouldn't be possible yeah and you know, I, I I remember these things and I celebrate them when I find myself tempted to to wallow in my singleness because yeah. you know I look at other people too, like mm. like you say, Alana Hiha, yeah. and I, I I we chatted and you know just hearing you know from her experiences, you know the ability to pack a bag and, and disappear overnight mm. is is a gift that, that yeah. a single woman in missions has, a single man in missions mm-hmm. has, um, in, a, in a capacity that a, a married person, it, they just can't. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with them staying at home, but... Mm. Yeah, that's right. Their job's different. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the expectation needs to change a little bit. And... I mean, we had for the longest time and still do in a number of denominations the, the celibate clergy tradition that if you are a full-time minister of the gospel in order to be the most effective in your ministry, 
you need to have the deepest relationship with God as possible. Yeah. And for some people, that looks like not getting married. And I feel as though there have been people that maybe God was wanting to have them marry somebody that never did because of the position that they held. And maybe there have been... I'm certain there have been people that have been married who God has wanted to have lives of singleness. And and then everybody's different too. And the timing of God is is perfect. So if you're single in your mid to late 20s, then you've by no means run out of time. Uh, C.S. Lewis was single for a lot of his life and ended up marrying a, a widow. Um, and if we if we consider the timing of God, then I feel like we will be more okay with whatever he's having us go through. Mm. Every single married couple that I know has a different story. Mm. Every single one. And some of them, they were high school sweethearts. Some of them they met in their late 30s. Some of them in their 50s. And if everybody's was the same, then a lot of us would have already missed the boat. Yeah. But relationship isn't something that has a template as long as we're focused on God. Mm. What do you think about all that? What do you think about timing and waiting? Not waiting in the sense that you are a 16-year-old girl that is really anxious that she's going to meet the man of her dreams and then she'll have to wait another five years or or whatever, or you're waiting for somebody to sweep you off your feet. Because I don't think that's really waiting. Mm. That is fantasy. Without wanting to stir up trouble, (laughs) (laughs) I think there is a really strong element of immaturity in Mm. taking an attitude of waiting. Mm. Um, And I think for a, a good portion of my singleness I have been subconsciously at times and and actively choosing to wait Mm. choosing to believe that at a certain point God will bring someone Mm. my way Um, and I think that that reflects an immature view of who God is Mm. Uh, and an immature understanding of his plans and purposes for our lives. Mm. Um, And I think, you know, the more that I have lent into God uh, in these seasons of my life, Mm. the more I've learnt about his character and his nature and his plans and his purposes. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it hit a point for me nearly two years ago when I went I will be okay if I never marry Mm. Uh, not because I don't want to uh, because oh my goodness the idea of being a wife and a mother is uh, pretty amazing to me but Mm -hmm. because I know God and I know that he is good I'm willing to take every day that he gives me 
without expectation mm. of something specific at the end, but rather knowing that at the end of the end, I'll see his glorious face and, and everything that has passed won't matter. Mm. Uh, yeah. And that, you know, every day that becomes more of a reality for me. Uh, and the idea of waiting for my husband fades more and more into the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this is something that the church needs to have instead of a Barlow girl. If we didn't have that idea and of course that goes the other way as well we are looking it's not up to me at risk of sounding cliche it's when you stop looking that you start finding what you're actually looking for Mm. i think i agree with you i think that relationship with god is the ultimate reward and if there if there is somebody that has been created whose relationship with god complements yours in a way that you both grow more than you would alone then I think that is the most beautiful thing in life. If not having somebody to compliment your relationship with God is the way that you grow to the deepest level that you can with God, then that should be our ultimate goal. Yeah, and it really is only when you stop waiting for your future spouse and start waiting on God Mm. that things begin to change. And I'm reminded of Romans 12, 1 and 2, where it says, offer yourselves as living sacrifices, because that is your true act of worship. Mm -hmm. And don't conform to the ways of this world. And the ways of this world, from every single rom-com I've ever seen, from every single person that I've met, is the idea of searching for something that fulfills you, for someone that fulfills Mm. you. That's usually where we end up, not conforming to that, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind, by changing the way that you think. And only God can do that when we offer ourselves as living sacrifices. And then we're able to know what his will is, what his good, pleasing and perfect will is. Mm. I really admire that you've been able to go deeper in God for the last nine and a half years. Not that you've remained single, but your relationship with God has flourished as a result. Mm. I don't know, this whole topic of relationships and whether you're single, dating, courting, if that's any different, uh, married, separated, divorced, this is all about relationship with God. And that's what you you stated earlier on. It it all comes back to God. And I guess in whatever way God instructs us to honor him best through relationships, I think that's the best way to go. I think, like, this is is something it's very easy for me to say clearly, Mm. um, but not knowing where anyone else sits on the issue. But I think, you know, for anyone out there a a season of intentional singleness is is definitely something to at least consider Mm. but i'd like to anyone we're all going to be single at some point Mm. but to choose to embrace that uh and to turn to turn our, our hearts to god 
in in that time and I think think people will be surprised mm. how much they learn and how quickly they learn it if they choose mm. a period of intentionality and for me it, it started with one year uh, and in that one year you know I got to the end of that year and went wow there's so much more to know about God mm. and that was when I chose to, to extend my, my singleness to mm. three years but you know, the fruitfulness of doing something intentionally from the Lord, for the Lord, it's so rewarding. Mm. And anyone who has the opportunity to do that should seriously consider it. <laughs> yeah. And something, too, that I want to add about this type of commitment, I never made one that was... a spoken I hereby solemnly swear that I will be single for the next X amount of years it's all about your heart and if you make a commitment whether it's one year three years five years 20 years then you don't need the title of boyfriend or girlfriend to break that commitment Mm. if your heart is more focused on the person than it is on God then I think that's where the commitment gets broken. Yeah. And But that isn't something that can't get mended either. Um, but, yes, don't act like you're dating if you're wanting to not date. Yeah. I don't think that's the, that's the right way to go about it. That said, I don't exactly have eons of experience, and I want to reemphasize that everyone is different too. And some people are single for nine and a half years and other people are single for six months. It's all about what God wants to do in in your heart. Well, thank you for coming on PMK to share about this. I think this is something that at least someone out there needs to hear. Um, and other people will be encouraged by it, I'm sure. So if you have any feedback about this episode or you would like to know more, hear more of Nikki's story, then you can uh, go ahead and uh, jump on Pastors Middle Kids' Facebook page and um, hit me up there with a message, or you can send an email to my personal email in the episode description. Love to hear back from you. And this has been Nicole Kerr. It has been really good having you today. Thank you, Ryan Luke. Thank you. And to everyone else, enjoy some Reliant K. Bye. Fix the car. Fix the house. Fix the floor.